This episode of Nomad Athlete Radio is brought to you by Mushroom Cups. These guys infused coffee with mushrooms, and the result is quite remarkable. I I did the Go Sharp kind this morning, and I feel no jitters, and I've been running around all morning with no coffee crash from a single packet. Check out their website and learn more about the mushrooms that they're using and the process behind it. Go to mushroomcups.com and use code NOMEAT10 to save 10% at checkout. That's mushroomcups.com and use code NOMEAT10. Hi, this is Hope. This is Kareem. Hi, this is Katie from Washington, D.C., and you're listening to No Meat Athlete Radio. Doug, I've got uh, I've got a wacky, off the wall, early holiday gifts guide recommendation. <laughs> oh, I like it's, this because it's Christmas season, in my opinion. Well, now that now that we're past Halloween. <laughs> okay, what is it? bean club hmm a bean club like a bean of the month kind of club like a like that you eat bean yep because i think a lot of people i i mean i really <laughs> like beans beans are like one of my favorite foods these days okay and i think a lot of people listening to this probably feel the same way um bean of the month well it's a bean it's beans of the quarter so every quarter you get a shipment of these like heirloom delicious beans dry beans <laughs> <laughs> You get like I think you get about five or six, uh, you know, pounds of beans, different different kinds, all different ones. I've had all these different beans like for the past week now, or sorry, for the past three weeks, we've made a big batch of beans on the weekend and we've eaten out of it for the you know most of the week. Um, it's really cool. It's a great thing. It's called the Rancho Gordo Bean Club. Are they are they just artisan versions of beans that you know like chickpeas, common beans, or are they just are they different types of beans? So I think we've gotten, well, first of all, by the way, this is not an ad or anything. We just, we just signed up for this thing. Some friends told us about it and we did it. And, <laughs> and it was a wait list. Like any good club, it was exclusive. You, it's, a, it's a wait to get in. So if you want to get this as a holiday gift, you would, you would need to get on this now. Uh, it's ranchogordo.com. Ranchogordo.com, I guess, if you're Spanish. Um, and it's, you got to sign up for the, for the, get on the list, basically. So I don't know. It might be a little bit late already for, to be a gift because it took us a few months to get to the front of the line wow this is, but anyway yeah. um we got caballero beans which was our first one we did okay which the description said something like they're basically a dairy product they're so creamy and that was a little bit maybe uh embellished <laughs> they weren't quite that creamy but they were still really good, interesting good different bean uh cassoulet which I, I didn't know what cassoulet was it's a bean apparently like an a bean that was sort of developed in france for cassoulet which is a famous dish that has lots of meat and beans in it uh, but anyway, cassoulet beans, they were sort of like, to me, they were kind of like cannellini beans. Uh, yesterday I made some cranberry beans, which we've bought dry before. I never get, really get those in cans, but, um, anyway, and they're, and they're all just really good. Like that's the thing that I like about them is they, I don't know. So when I make dry beans, a lot of times they just are sort of inconsistent or they come out sort of thin for somehow these are all just plump and good. How interesting. Never, <laughs> never would have occurred to me to, uh. Start a bean of the month club. I know. That's why I thought it would be a wacky. That is idea wacky. That our That's audience good. would appreciate. And anyway, it kind of is on on topic here. It kind of is. That could solve your healthy eating problems. It could. If you yeah. just had, if you're excited about a healthy food and beans, you know, dried right. beans is in particular healthy food. <laughs> That's right. Um, so yeah. So what we're talking about today is basically how to start eating healthy if you keep trying to eat healthy and it doesn't work. Which is right. a lot of people's situation. That that throughout the life of no meat athlete, a decade now, that question has come up a whole lot of times. Just the 
how can I get started? Like, I have this problem, and therefore I'm not eating well. So, you know, what can I do? Mm-hmm. And it's sort of like, well, that's what we've been writing a whole website about for a long time. Um, so it's it's not an easy answer, and I think people coming to this just looking for like the quick exact tip that will solve everything or the system that solves the problem, that's that's you know not not exactly something we can provide. Um, unless you view the habit change stuff that we talk about as a system. But anyway, so we got different different steps and kind of things. Um, so let's just jump right into that, Doug. What what do we think? Someone comes and says, "Look, it's not working. I've tried a lot of times, and I just keep fail- I just keep going back to my old ways." What do we tell? Them? Yeah, well, I think what unfortunately what happens, and this happens not just with healthy eating, but with any sort of habit change, or even you know, if you're training for a marathon, you just keep failing to actually get through the training or something like that. It just happens. Uh, you, you hear this a lot, and that is that um, you know e- you think you have the right path, and so you start down it. And then you fail. And then next time you try again, you follow the exact same path and you end up with the exact same result. Yes. And then as you do that several times in a row, something much, much worse happens, which is that you start to tell yourself the story that you're not good at changing. Right. And that you're going to fail no matter what. And then you either stop trying entirely or your future efforts are really just even worse because now now you don't have that. that there's this piece of, of habit change that Charles Duhigg talks about in his book. Uh, I believe it's called the power of habit. It was popular a few years ago, but what like at the end he gives all like the steps and the accountability and the reminders and all these different things for the habit loop. But at the end he says there's this sort of X factor, which is kind of sounds sort of woo woo because like it's just self belief positive thinking thing. But in, in studies that show that if people truly believe that they have the capacity to make a change, whatever the habit changes they're trying to do, if they truly believe that they can do it, uh, then they're much more likely to do it. And it's, it's almost like that's the whole thing. It's not the whole thing, but it's it's a huge piece of it. So as you sort of reinforce the idea that you can't, it gets really hard to convince yourself that you can. So you don't want to try the same thing. That's, I think, the theme of the episode really is look at look at how you've done it before and honestly do something different, like anything different. <laughs> right. We can give you some guidance for what type of things to do different, but it's, it's just don't do the same thing because I think so many people who think they've failed 100 times um, or say they've you know say they've tried everything have have really basically done the same thing over and over. Right. So so I think the first step after you know aside from just doing something different is to figure out what it is that you think might be causing you to fail to begin with. It's like really doing a self examine of uh, everything about the whole process that you've gone through before and um, and you know be honest with yourself about what's holding you up. That could be a partner or, or a lack of a partner, kind of feeling to you alone, you know, in this, it could be, um, you know, the fact that you had, haven't really committed to cooking very much or something like that. It could be, uh, that you just really love desserts and you always get ice cream after dinner. And, um, that kind of triggers you to downward spiral after that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think, um, I mean, I guess it could be that, that, the diet you did or the food you were eating didn't work. But I think I think that's pretty rare that that is the problem, right? Because, I mean, if a diet program, assuming you're following somebody's advice and you're not just not just eating whatever and hoping that it's healthy, mm-hmm. um, you know, like, that. usually they've been tested and they work and they're based on something that is sound, right? Even, even if there's arguments about whether vegan or paleo or keto is going to be the best thing for long-term health, like, 
whatever the diet is, and I hope it's vegan, but like whatever. <laughs> um, <laughs> really, I mean, people maybe there are people listening to this who who just aren't interested or aren't ready for that yet. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm, if you're doing a diet, right? I don't think the diet is the problem with why it doesn't work in the short term. What what happens is that the compliance with the diet is what fails, right? The user error, basically, that that we we get off of it. And you mentioned the example, right? You, like, you have this craving for dessert, this thing. So I think often it's not, it's not when we say try to find something new um, or try to do something differently, I don't so much mean like go pick a different diet and go do that one. Sure. I mean, look at yourself and your habits and what is it about you that made you fail the last time and the time before that? Mm-hmm. Like, is it that you never have time to make the healthy dinner and that's when you resort to eating the fast food dinner or whatever? Uh, is it that you don't have time in the mornings to make anything? Like, what? what is it? Is it that you, you know, friends call up and they're going to this thing and you always, you just can't possibly say no to going to happy hour or whatever? You know, so what is it? Um, by the way, on an ongoing basis, we've talked about this in different contexts. If you can have a little, like, weekly check-in with yourself like a time slot on the weekend where you say i'm just for 10 minutes going to sit down and think about maybe write down how this thing is going my habit change whatever the habit is and in this case we're talking about eating um and identify what ha- what went wrong that week like what went well what went wrong and then maybe you could say something like you know on wednesday i ate a meal i wasn't supposed to eat was not intending to eat uh and it happened because of this factor like the simple act of recalling that and writing it down, that's a act of mindfulness that that you know could otherwise just just pass you by, and then you make the exact same mistake again. And maybe this next time you make it, it's the time that kind of force makes you say, "Well, that's enough. I give up," or it leads to twice in a row or whatever. Yep. Um, so anyway, yeah, at the beginning of this, but also along the way, figure out what has messed you up before. Um, it could be a you know I mentioned several of the things that it could be. Uh, those were all mostly related to kind of food preparation. Um, it could be lack of accountability. I think that for a lot of people, that's often what it is. Like if, if if you are thinking to yourself and you kind of arrive at, well, I don't know, I just ended up feeling like I wanted to eat junk food, so I did. To me, that's lack of accountability, probably, right? It, it doesn't. There's not enough negative consequence to you for doing that in the moment, so you do it. Uh, whereas if you like in an ideal situation, you had a partner you were doing this with and you live together and you're with each other 24 hours a day, uh, it would be slightly harder to go, to go get the junk food then because your partner would see you doing it and then they'd say, what are you doing? So I know that's, that's an ideal. Not everyone, you know, even if you're going to have a partner to do this with, which is a great idea for building accountability, uh, they're not going to be with you all the time. But so if you have someone who you're checking in with each day, mm-hmm. um, you know, or even reporting your what you're eating on some sort of social media site or something, and you're writing down everything you eat, and there's plenty of food things that are that are for that. Um, even then, there's like another little barrier in front of in front of you and going and getting the corn chips out of the yeah. cupboard. Even if you never show it to someone, just the act of tracking it can often be enough self accountability right. right. for you. Yeah, um, you know, and then the other kind of the other big one before we move on, I think is. Uh, a lot of people don't feel like they know what to do, so they always feel kind of lost, yet they still try and try again and uh, kind of without really giving themselves the tools to, to know what to do. So, you know, finding a group or a book or a program or, or something that you're following that actually gives you step-by-step, um, you know, instructions, that can be that can be really helpful too. Give you the yeah, confidence. Yeah, I, I think that's good. I, I mean, I, I don't know. I think a lot of people, we like to, uh, not glamorize, but we like to brag about how we don't need to follow a plan, right? Like, I, I certainly do that. I don't I wouldn't say I brag about it, but I do say, like, well, yeah, I don't really have a 
thing. We don't have a set meal schedule. We're pretty flexible with how we do it. And junk food mm-hmm. now and then is fine because we know that we'll always come back to, to the, you know, true north or whatever. Um, but I think if you're having trouble getting going with this thing, mm-hmm. then I, I don't think you should give yourself that kind of, that, not that you shouldn't have wiggle room because a good program or plan or whatever you're doing will have it. So it won't be a hundred percent strict all the time. Cause that's not sustainable. Um, but if there are sort of guardrails that say, here are the times when it's okay to wiggle a little bit. Right. I think that's really, really helpful. So if you just, if you've just been winging it on your own, then that's a huge different thing you can do is actually try to follow somebody's approach to, mm-hmm. to doing it. Good. Um, so then I guess, so I guess that's, that's the big thing, right? Do something differently and be a little bit intelligent about what it is you are doing that's different. Um, I think then there are a few big areas where, you know, different could happen. Uh, probably the most common one that would help most people, in my opinion, uh, is try something smaller than what you were going for. And what I mean by smaller is less strain on your willpower, um, easier to feel like you're successful because when you start with the smallest possible thing being defined as success, like, you know, eat a healthy breakfast is maybe all it is. Or maybe it's even worse than that. Sid Garza Hillman, our friend with his, some of his clients, um, he, I think he starts him with drink a glass of water or eat a, yeah. one stick of celery with your dinner or with your lunch or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, Tiny steps. Yeah. Because, because what that does, that has, I mean, essentially zero impact on your health to add a stalk of celery to your lunch, right? Doesn't, doesn't help you almost at all. Neither does adding a, one more glass of water to your diet. Uh, but what it does is it starts to undo that story in your head that says, I can't fail or I can't possibly succeed. I can't keep up these things. My willpower is terrible. I can't do what I promised myself I'm going to do. It basically tells, teaches you to start making promises and keeping promises to yourself. Uh, and the way you do that is by starting with them being tiny little promises. Right. So it starts to do that. It's the, it builds some success. You start to feel like, wow, I'm actually doing what I'm supposed to do. And then from there, you know, you gradually expand it. Because like we said, adding a stalk of celery is not going to change anything except for your mindset around it. So uh, if you think you can start a little bit bigger, starting out with breakfast as your healthy meal, whatever you're defining the healthy meal to be, um, you know, that's great. Do that for a week. Make seven healthy breakfasts or five healthy breakfasts or whatever if you're going to do weekends differently. Um, that that would be a huge momentum for someone who, who has this story in their head that they just can't get anywhere, can't. Mm-hmm actually right that that's what I'm to build and then the next week add in you know your snack after breakfast or your lunch being careful not to go too far too fast uh yeah yeah just stay at breakfast for a while if, if that's what feels right you know yeah right if it's feeling good yeah i think there's no need to to rush uh into doing more unless unless you have some medical mm-hmm. reason why it's time to <laughs> um well and and so just some other examples of starting small uh you know like meatless monday you know, that whole thing of just like picking one day instead yep. of the whole week. Yep. Um, or, you know, you could do vegan or healthy, whatever you want to call it, before lunch, before five. Um, you know, there's there's other ways to, I mean, those, you know, that would like vegan before five would be a much bigger jump than like just a healthy breakfast. But, um, you know, there's, you don't have to go all in. At, at the, I guess the point is you don't have to go all in at the beginning. And it's not an all or nothing type thing. Um, so you can, you can start super small with just breakfast or just one day or just one meal or just, you know, one side of your meal, one side choice, um, and, and play with that for a little bit, get comfortable with that. And then, and build on that, you know, just ever so slightly. Yep. And then some other somewhat bigger ones that I think, 
you know, might be appropriate for someone at a different point. Uh, like if you just can't get yourself to go vegan for some reason and you're vegetarian, you're just hung up there and you want to go vegan. Um, I think Doug, you for a while did where you were, you were eating vegan in the house because it's pretty right. easy then because you can control yep. everything. You've got your meals planned. And then when you're out, you eat vegetarian or mm-hmm. whatever, you know, whatever level you're wanting to slide back to. Um, but, at, you know, that way you, you, it kind of imposes those guardrails for you where it says like these relatively rare times when I'm eating out, assuming that's relatively rare for you. Um, you know, then, then you can have some more wiggle room. Yeah. And that's to, nice. To be clear, I don't do that, that anymore. But that was a big transition right. tool for right. me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think it's a very good uh, tool for that sort of thing. Uh, and then this is related to going small because because this small step thing, one of the great things about taking small steps instead of saying that, you know, beginning tomorrow, I'm 100% this and I'm never changing. Uh, giving small, it, it completely, or starting small, it, it helps to get rid of that perfectionism mindset. Because the problem with those things where you suddenly make a change, like it works for three days when you're 100% some way all of a sudden, or maybe it works for five days. But the problem is you'll hit some point because you're new at it and because you didn't ease your way in, you'll hit some point where you you mess up, either mm-hmm. by accident or just because you couldn't sustain it anymore or you didn't prepare or whatever. And then it feels like this streak that you'd been building, that you had been telling yourself the story of like, this is the new me, this is my new life. That streak breaks on day six or whatever, and then it's really hard to pick it up again and start fresh and feel like you're back at day one because you failed. Uh, and most of the time, I think people will at that point just just give up and, and day seven will also be a bad day. So starting smaller helps to break that cycle uh, by kind of making it so like if, if you're doing the smoothie every single day and you do that for you know two weeks straight and then you miss one day of it, hopefully that step is small enough that it doesn't feel like a huge thing to kind of you know get back on and make it so that the next day you're you're back on that smoothie in the morning right um but if if that is feeling like that then there's this rule we talked about recently uh this don't miss twice rule i think maybe it was also called the two-day rule or something uh where your thing is you just don't let yourself mess up twice in a row and i think that's really really helpful again that that to me is a small step it is totally anti-perfectionism uh because it says it really says that it it's not saying go ahead and mess up whenever you want and just do your thing every other day. That's not the point, of course. <laughs> uh, it's it's do it as often you can. But if you mess up one time, then you know that it, it's built in that there's a rule. It's not that it's not like well then then we don't know know what to do, right? Then then you're kind of off. It's okay now you know what to do. Just don't just do everything possible not to miss that second day in a row. Right. So I think that's a very helpful little habit to to be in. Definitely. All right. So that's, before we before yeah. we wrap or before we not wrap up <laughs> before we uh, move on to the next one, why don't we uh, break for a second to thank our sponsor, Doug? You know that I'm a big coffee fan, and I uh, think you are too. Yeah, we both are. Good. Then I am sure. Actually, I know you've been enjoying your mushroom cups coffee. That's right. Mushroom cups infuses high quality organic coffee with the functional benefits of mushrooms to deliver extended focus and clean energy without the jitters or the crash effect of regular coffee. You can go sharp with chanterelle and cordyceps, which is what I did just the other day. <laughs> giving you an extra mushroom power boost when you need to stay on the goal for hours. Or you can go fresh with chanterelle and chaga, which is energizing and great for long-term immune system support, as I did today, because I noticed that my kids are starting to get a little bit of those sniffles, Doug, and I don't want to get those. Yeah, yeah, the the sniffles. I've been dealing with it myself. You can probably hear it. <laughs> I, I do. Yeah. You need no, I, uh, to go fresher, Doug. I, fresh. I should go fresh. I've been going sharp because I just okay. I really like Where's the way problem? it makes me feel in the morning. So, uh <laughs> Seriously, so so maybe I should maybe I should twist, switch it up, go fresh or go uh, yeah go fresh and see if it helps that support that immune system. 
The product is organic, vegan, with no additives or sugars, and comes in eco-friendly, fully recyclable packaging. Shop and learn more at mushroomcups.com or on Amazon and in Erwin stores in LA. And you can save 10% at mushroomcups.com or on Amazon by using the code NOMEAT10 at checkout. That's mushroomcups.com and use code NOMEAT10 at checkout. All right, so what happens if you, if you have been going small or it, it either hasn't worked or you're just kind of been going small for a while and you're feeling a little stuck? Yes, and this is good because for a long time, I definitely swung in the direction of like, wow, all this, all this like go for it, rah-rah, motivation, pump up, like change your life, habit change. I, w- I went to the direction where I thought all that was totally bad and I had, I had been on the wrong path and now I had seen the light and everything was all about taking small steps, <laughs> preserving your willpower. And it's kind of true for a while. It really did work really well for me for a long time. Uh, but I did reach a point where I would e- even fail at that with certain habits and then keep trying to do that again. And the problem is that got really boring. And I actually didn't have the patience to stick with that for a long time, right? You lose some of that excitement because, like, you know, there's no denying that it is really exciting to think about waking up tomorrow and making your life, you know, in whatever area you're talking about, that, that you're, some switch is going to flip and you're just going to be totally different. Like that is a, that's a fun, exciting idea, often an unrealistic one, but but definitely that, that excitement can help you uh, when it comes to habit change. Mm-hmm. So, if you've tried the small steps thing, and I don't, this is probably not most people. Most people have probably tried the big thing and need to try the smaller steps. But if you've done the small steps thing and it just has not worked or the, the novelty of that has worn off, um, I do think that going big can actually really help you. It can really mix things up and be a great way to do it um, as long as you kind of do it in a certain way. So, you know, the, what we're talking about here by going big would be if you're, you know, an omnivore and you watch Game Changers and now you've decided you want to be vegan, um, you know, going big would be going vegan overnight, just becoming vegan the next day. And, you know, maybe one day you clear out all the junk out of your house and you do your shopping and you get all this new stuff and you're ready to go. And the next day you're vegan. Um, You know, in many ways that is doomed to fail if you don't set it up correctly. So the huge thing that I would advise if you're going to do that um, is have a little finish line in place, right? Make it a challenge and make it a seven-day challenge or a 10-day challenge or, I mean, the 30 days I would think is a lot. I think best would be do a seven or 10-day challenge where you're just going to commit to doing it for this long. You're going to keep it up. You're going to use your willpower because it's going to be difficult at first if you're not used to it. Uh, and then you can always tell yourself when, you know, day four or day five comes around and you are dying for whatever that old food was you used to eat all the time on Thursday nights, um, when that happens... You don't have to say, well, I can never have this again because I'm vegan now. All you have to tell yourself is, I just need to make it to day seven or day 10 or whatever it is. I just need to get there. I can do that. I can, I, this one Thursday, I cannot do that because I know that if I choose to, I can have it again next Thursday. Mm-hmm. And then when you get there, chances are when you reach that point at which it's time to decide, uh, do I want to keep doing this? Chances are you'll be in a better mindset, a better state then, not craving whatever it is you were craving on Thursday night. Uh, and then you can say, I'm going to do this for 30 days. This is where, like, like yes, there are cravings, but if I look at how I feel overall for these 10 days or, you know, what other positive benefits there will be, and hopefully there will be some already, because uh, that's the only way these these all-at-once approaches work is if there are benefits and that's what kind of fuels you to keep going, um, then you can say, I'm going to do this longer. Turns out this is exactly what I did when I went vegetarian. Like, I, I first did a very long, small steps program without really intending to do. I 
went a whole year without eating four-legged animals. Thought I would just kind of stop there, and then eventually said, well, I'm going to stop eating the two-legged animals as well and just be left with fish. Uh, and then I, I did like a challenge. I said, I'm going to do that for 10 days only. And then it worked well, and I loved it. And I said, well, I'm going to do it for 30. And then that became vegetarian, and that became vegan and all that. So I use both, uh, small and big, but I think I think both have power in both of their place. Any more tips, Doug, on the, if you're going to go for it all at once, the bigger approach? Yeah, I mean, it, I think that, I think that what happens with a lot of people, so using your person as an example, omnivore, watched Game Changers, got inspired, went all in, and then, you know, fizzled out after a few weeks or, or whatever. Um, you know, aside from, aside from having that finish line, I think another thing is to come up with ways to remind yourself about why it is that you felt so inspired to begin with. And I'm not talking about just like rewatching Game Changers every two weeks. Because uh, it just it won't have the the effect. But like, if you were inspired by, um, you know, an athletic improvement, or you know, using a different one, if it's animal animal rights or or eth- the ethical side, then um, you know, like, just kind of remind yourself about that. Like, build that into your daily routine to kind of think about it a little bit or uh, meditate on it a little bit, so that you're just kind of always like thinking about it, always reminding yourself, and then hopefully that motivation will kind of stay with you for a little bit longer until, until it just starts getting easy. Yeah. And that's the thing because like, like the, like we said, the opposite of the small steps approach is this larger steps. And what makes it opposite is that it does rely on your willpower. It, it requires you to sometimes push through a period where you really want to go back the other way, but you have to tell yourself, no, I'm not going to. And obviously reminders of, you know, the, the thing that's motivating you, that's going to be really important. Good. All right. So we've gotten to try smaller. We've gotten to try bigger. Um, I mean, these are huge areas, right? There's there's hundreds <laughs> of examples within each of these on how you might do something. Sure. Um, we interviewed Dan Butner a long time ago mm. about uh, the blue zones of of health. I th- no, what was it? The blue happiness. zones of blue zones of happiness. Yes. He, the normal blue zones is about health and longevity. The follow up was blue zones of happiness, and. I asked him about this sort of stuff. I said, you know, what would you recommend? Is it if someone really wants to make a change, should they like go all at once? Should they take small steps? Should they do whatever? And he said, none of that stuff really works. He said, unfortunately, people just aren't good at making change. He said, the only thing that really, in the long term, leads to change that actually lasts is environmental changes. So up your your life, move to a new city, right? Move to a place where everyone is all health focused and eats well, and you know that over time will sort of seep into you, and it just will just become who you are. Um, so the idea there is that changing your environment is what really matters. Mm-hmm. A lot of that is unrealistic for most people. We're talking about like the, you know, I think in the happiness thing, he was saying, you know, move to a neighborhood where people are outside walking around all the time and you're always having all these interactions with the people. Well, some people can't do that, of course. Um, and in this case, when we're talking about food, right, you can't, you can't just suddenly change your environment where every, your whole family, everybody you live with is all also focused on healthy eating and, you know, your friends and all the Activities are all based on healthy activities. Not always possible, but can you change? Can you change something about just sort of engineer your home for the most part, mm-hmm. um, your kitchen, your your area where you eat? Change that. Set it up so that you're set up for success. The obvious example that comes up all the time that people talk about is just don't buy the junk food. Um, it even goes back to like the the tip that is probably worn out by now that don't go grocery shopping when you're hungry, right? Because then you're going to be grabbing all these snacks and ice creams. And I definitely do that. If I go to the store hungry, everything seems good. And it just seems like I'm just going to 
just need to get all these different things. So go in, in a time when you when you aren't, and even if you are, just do everything not to buy the ice cream or whatever the thing is that is your trigger food that makes you fail. Going back to right. that step where you figured out what the problem was, just don't buy that food. I mean, it's just it's so much easier not to buy it than it is not to eat it once it's in your house. Chef AJ says if it's in your house, it's in your mouth. Basically means if you buy the food, chances are you're not going to be throwing it away. You're not, it's not going to be sitting there and waste. When you when you make the decision to buy it, you are essentially making the decision to eat it. Um, it's just much easier to say no when it's time to buy it. So simple way to engineer your environment: get rid of all the trigger foods or whatever the foods you're trying not to eat. Don't have them around for any purpose. Don't I you know don't even worry about waste. Donate it if you need to, um, but don't don't have it around. It's just it's just if I don't know. Like on little times when I've said I'm gonna not drink beer this week, if I have beers in my fridge, I just can't stop thinking about them. I mean, they're just they're just calling my name, yeah, saying drink me. Mm-hmm. So that's that's one obvious example. What else, Doug? Change your environment. Yeah, I mean, uh, like accountability. Going back to that a little bit, um, you know, even if your your roommate or husband, wife, boyfriend, girlfriend, partner um, <clears throat> isn't doesn't have the same goals you do, you know, having, uh, some sort of accountability partner that you can rely on, um, you know, that can often be a, an environmental change that, that is pretty powerful. Um, but you know, if you do have a, a housemate, then try to get them on board, at least to support you, even if they're not making the exact same changes that you are. Um, and that can be a huge environmental change. So if they, uh, you know, if, if cookies are your, your weakness, then ask them to not eat cookies around you, you know, or not to not to have them in the house or uh, or whatever. But you know, just have so that they're not tempting you in the same way that uh, that maybe they have in the past. In the past. Mm-hmm. Uh, other examples are things like if you typically eat your dinner in front of the TV, right? Then mm-hmm. one of the ways to change the environment is don't have the TV on during your dinner, or eat it back at the <clears throat> kitchen table where you might eat more slowly, or at least you don't have this this cue of like, as long as the show's on, I'm going to keep eating. Uh, you know, you can actually just remind you to that you, you're making, you're doing something different now. You're being more mindful. You're trying to think about the food and the conversation, and you're not trying to be thinking about something else while you're putting food in your body. Um, that would be one. Another is like, you know, you talk, we talk about getting rid of certain foods or not having people eat certain foods around you. Um, but there's also the getting of the good foods, right? And this, this is kind of basic, but the the preparation for whatever you're doing, whether you're doing the big steps or the small steps, if you don't have, even if it's a small step, like drink a smoothie in the morning, if you don't have the smoothie ingredients or the blender, mm-hmm. or your blender's still in the basement and it has cobwebs in it, like that's not that's not a good environment for you to get started with, right? So before you begin, hopefully the whole day before you get, not, not the same day you're beginning, get all that stuff ready and have what you need even if it's just having the ingredients to make a good smoothie. Find a recipe online so that that's not a barrier that says, oh, I need to figure out how to make the smoothie right. Just find find a recipe, have the stuff, have it ready to go. And if you're doing the whole, change the whole meal, I mean, change the whole thing all at once, then you had better have some sort of meal plan that first day if it's your first day being vegan and you're not just going to try to wing it and eat vegan food sure. that day, right? You need to have the food you're going to eat uh you know, known ahead of time, not necessarily prepped ahead of time. If you have time to cook and you can do that, then good. But you got to have the stuff so that you don't have to go shopping as part of your first day. You know, all that stuff, that is that is setting up an environment that is going to help you succeed rather than one that's going to make it nearly impossible. What do you think about, you know, replacing, like if there's something, a trigger item, you know, like a, like snacking, you know, I know snacking is a big problem for 
uh, I mean, it's <laughs> it's something I've struggled with for sure, but it's also uh, something that comes up a lot in our eighty twenty plants program. Um, you know, what do you think about replacing like the junk food with a healthy food, or or should you just kind of eliminate that you know post dinner snacking altogether? Because I you know I think that sometimes if you're replacing it, then it can just be so unsatisfying that you're just constantly thinking about the chips and you know. <laughs> Um, but also if you're not, if you don't have anything there, then you're just still thinking about the chip. So like for me with alcohol or something like that, like oftentimes I'll want to have a post dinner drink. Um, but really what I want is just something to drink. That's not water. So if I can replace it with tea or even sparkly water or something like that, like something that's just a little bit different than what I typically drink, Mm -hmm. um, that just still feels just ever so slightly special, then that's, that's all I, that's all I really need. And and I'm satisfied. Yeah. I mean, I think that's a great tip, right. To change things to that, to something that is healthier. Um, you like it, it brings up a much bigger issue, which is really, should I do big steps or should I do small steps? Uh, you're talking about a, a nice healthy alternative. That's not so bad, but what about the, what about something that is more, uh, let's say, let's say I'm coming from an omnivorous diet and I'm going vegan. Mm-hmm. Should I have the fake meat, the Beyond Burgers, sure. or whatever in there? Because those, no one's going to really say that those are healthy. I, maybe in the long term they're healthier than than the regular beef you were eating. It probably is. Uh, but as far as you know, trying to lose weight or feeling like you're eating healthy, I don't know that there's really much short term difference between those and the real thing. Uh, so the question is, like, would you then want to include those? And I think it depends what you're trying to do. If you're trying the smallest possible steps where you are totally okay with the fact that this isn't healthy yet, but it's a nice little mental win that helps you feel like, hey, I'm doing something different and I can actually, I can do this change. I can do this promise to myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, then by all means, incorporate that stuff at the beginning and over time, phase it out and replace it with more whole plant food type stuff. Again, just in the example where you're trying to become whole food plant-based uh, from omnivorous. So like that, that to me is the role of that stuff. If it's if instead you're doing the like just go all the way overnight, go all the way from unhealthy to unhealthy diet to healthy diet overnight, and you're just you know okay with the complete extremes you're on there, um, you know then then the better thing to do is probably not have this sort of compromised food because right. like we said like what's so important if you're really going for it and you're okay with the fact that it's going to be super hard, the thing that's on your side is that you're going to hopefully experience results really quickly. That's what will keep you going. You'll see that you, if you're trying to lose weight, you'll see yourself lose five pounds in the first, you know, five days or whatever. And then sure. it's going to be like, wow, this is awesome. So if that's the case, if that's what you're going for, that just go for it. Then I would say don't don't have any of those compromised foods. Like just have have what you're trying to do so that you have some hope of experiencing those those results. Mm-hmm. But I think what's good, what you said, having tea or, or you know, a sparkling water or something instead of a beer, that, that might be kind of, best of both worlds because then it's something that is still helping you feel like you're getting this urge satisfied a little bit uh but it's also not really a compromise because it's not unhealthy right so if you know that's probably fine in almost all cases unless like you said unless having a sparkling drink is actually going to remind you just too much of beer and then you're likely to just go to the fridge and get a real beer (laughs) then it would do yeah good well um i don't know any more doug any more i don't think so yeah i mean i think you know, if you're if you're really struggling, then there should be enough here for you to get <laughs> to get started on on exploring something else. Yes, hopefully. Uh, and it's funny that you say like now that you say that, I think about it, like you know what? Like this is a lot of great tips. I think this is this is everything I know about how to eat more healthily. 
the changes that I actually see happen in real life, like my parents, when they change their diet, is because they both got really scared about a heart issue. Mm. Yeah. And suddenly everything was different. And now this thing that wasn't a big priority suddenly is the number one priority. That's that's like when change actually happens. Whether it's, whether they then do the small steps or the big steps or whatever, that piece that says this is why I'm doing this, and you don't even need to tell yourself why you're doing it. It's just it's you. It's like it's it's the only thing you care about now. Um, that's that's the best thing you can do. If you, I mean, find one of those things, and it's hard to, it's hard to create those. Obviously, we're not talking about having a heart attack on purpose. Um, but you know, go watch if if you're if you know you're sort of into the animal rights thing, go watch Earthlings or one of many other documentaries like that. If you're into the long term health, go watch Forks Over Dives. I mean, find ways to get yourself feeling like, well, I really need to do this, and I really want to do this, and it's all I it's all I'm you know it's my number one priority now. And that's much much easier said than done, right? It's it's not not easy just to find something that suddenly changes your whole the right. orientation of your life. Right. Uh, but if but if you can find that reason, that's that's going to help you so much more than almost any of this stuff. Yeah. All right, Doug. Short episode today. Shortish. I like it though. Sure. Short-ish. Yeah. Yeah. Feels good. Yes. All right. Well, uh, we'll be back next week. Thanks for listening. We sure will. Thanks, everybody. Okay. And hopefully uh, my voice won't be scratchy, won't be I, – I, I don't think I coughed on, on mic today. I think, I'm, I, think <laughs> yeah. I muted it every time. But, uh, Good. We'll go drink some mushroom cups. Go fresh. That's right. I will. Go fresh. Okay. Bye. Right. Bye.